Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today, the military's handling of the coronavirus has caused both the captain of an aircraft carrier and the head of the Navy their jobs. Eric Schmidt on the crisis inside the Navy. It's Wednesday, April 8th. Eric, tell me about this letter. So this letter, dated March 30th, 2020, is written by Captain Brett Crozier. He's the commander of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, an aircraft carrier that's been in the Western Pacific. Several of his sailors have come down with the virus, and he has been doing all he can to get the entire crew, nearly 5,000 sailors, off the ship. This letter, it's really an act of frustration. In fact, let me just read you from the letter. Mm -hmm. Subject line, request for assistance in response to COVID-19 pandemic. First paragraph reads, B-L-U-F, bottom line up front. Hmm. If required, the USS Theodore Roosevelt would embark all assigned sailors, set sail and be ready to fight and beat any adversary that dares challenge the U.S. or our allies. The virus would certainly have an impact, but in combat, we are willing to take certain risks that are not acceptable in peacetime. However, we are not at war and therefore cannot allow a single sailor to perish as a result of this pandemic unnecessarily. Decisive action is required now. And he then goes on in the next three or four pages to explain why it's so difficult aboard an aircraft carrier. Hmm. The cramped quarters, the fact that everybody's eating in the same dining halls and sharing the same restrooms, and they're going up and down the ladders of this ship, and they can't but help but being very close together. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's, it's a social distancing nightmare. Right. In fact, he ends the letter with this. Keeping over 4,000 young men and women on board the TR, Teddy Roosevelt, is an unnecessary risk and breaks faith with those sailors entrusted to our care. He's basically saying the most important thing here, since they're in peacetime, is the health of the crew. Get Mm -hmm. them off, get them safe, get them well. And in his view, the Navy is not helping him fast enough with enough supplies to do that. Help me understand that. What exactly prompted this captain to write this letter to his superiors in the Navy? 
So we needed to go back to early March. The Theodore Roosevelt was scheduled to make a port call in Da Nang, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Vietnam borders China, so there was concern by Captain Crozier and many of his staff about the obvious impact of the COVID-19 virus there. But in checking with Navy health officials, they told him that there were very few cases in Vietnam at that time, Mm. the beginning of March, and they were mostly in and around Hanoi and in northern Vietnam, several hundred miles north of Da Nang, where the USS Roosevelt would go. This was an important show of American military strength at a time when China is reasserting itself militarily in the South China Sea. It was important for the United States to follow through on its strategic commitments and demonstrate to the government of Vietnam that it was willing to go ahead with this visit. So this ship showing up at a port in Vietnam is considered strategically important for United States national security. That's right. So despite Captain Crozier's concerns, the Roosevelt docks in Hanoi and nearly 5,000 sailors and crew members pour into the city of Da Nang. Hmm. going out to restaurants, going out to bars, going out to what sailors do in port calls. Now, at the end of their port call, the sailors and crew get back on the ship. And so as the Roosevelt pulls out of Da Nang, Captain Crozier is still concerned because even though his crew has shown no open signs of infection, in his mind, a clock is ticking, roughly a 14-day clock in which the symptoms could appear, after which they'll feel they're more or less in the clear. Mm -hmm. And as they approach the end of the 14 days, Captain Crozier and his top aides believe they're almost clear. And literally on the last day of that period of time that they're watching, the first two sailors test positive for the virus. Mm. And the captain knows he has a huge problem on his hands. So the first two sailors who are infected with the virus are immediately flown off the ship. Captain Crozier, realizing that the infection is probably spreading silently through the crew, speeds up a scheduled visit to Guam, which is the home of a major naval base, a major naval hospital. And it's over these next four days that the captain working with his immediate boss, an admiral on board the Roosevelt, as well as others up his chain of command, are doing all they can to follow through on the guidance that we now know. Mm -hmm. How many sailors can we get off this ship into some kind of quarantine basis? He wants to have proper social distancing, and obviously he wants to treat the sailors who are increasingly, in numbers, testing positive. But by March 30th, we know Captain Crozier feels the Navy's not moving fast enough to help him. All his pleas, while they may have delivered some aid and some relief, they're not getting the crew off fast enough. They're not getting supplies to the ship quickly enough. And so he writes this letter and he sends it over an unclassified email to about 20 other people, all Naval personnel, But by sending it over an unclassified email and not the usual classified system the Navy has, the captain almost certainly knows somebody will leak it to the media. Mm. And that's probably what he wants, some kind of outside force to apply pressure to the Navy to respond faster to what he 
Belize is essential. So what happens after Crozier sends this letter? So the letter is sent, and within a day, it's leaked to the San Francisco Chronicle, Hmm. and it causes an immediate firestorm. The Navy Secretary, Thomas Modley, is outraged, first of all, that this letter has leaked. And he had just had a conversation with Captain Crozier the night before, basically asking, have you got everything you need? Hmm. Do I need to do anything more? And according to Modley, the captain said, I, I, you know, I'd like things to go faster, but I realize you're doing as much as you can. So I think Modley feels a little bit blindsided by this. Mm-hmm. And the next day, on April 2nd, okay. he calls a press conference. I'm here today to inform you that today at my direction, the commanding officer of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, Captain Brett Crozier, was relieved of command by a carrier strike group commander, Rear Admiral Stuart Baker. Secretary Modley reads a statement saying he is dismissing Captain Crozier. Wow. I lost confidence in his ability to continue to lead that warship as it fights through this virus to get the crew healthy and so that it continue to meet its important national security requirements. Basically says he's lost confidence in him. I would like to send a message to the crew of the Theodore Roosevelt and their families back here at home. I am entirely convinced that your commanding officer loves you. He may be a great officer most of the time, he may be well-beloved by his crew, but in this case... But it's my responsibility to ensure that his love and concern for you is matched by his sober and professional judgment under pressure. He's blown it. Okay, thank you. And so by the next day, back out in Guam, Captain Crozier is packing up his things. And as he walks down the gangway off the ship to an awaiting car, and it's a scene, it's just remarkable, Michael, and that the whole crew that's gathered hundreds in this huge hangar bay are chanting and cheering for the captain. Hmm. Captain Crozier... Captain Crozier. The GOAT, the man for the people. They're thanking him, because by now they've read the letter. They know what's happened here. And this is kind of his valedictory as he leaves and gets into the car and drives off to this really stunning ovation. Now that's how you send out one of the greatest captains you ever had. And this only makes the Navy brass back in Washington even angrier. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Wampley.com to learn more. Eric, the scene you just described on the USS Roosevelt, I mean, it seems very clear 
from that, that the Navy is not just at odds with the captain of the ship, but with its own sailors there. So how did that huge gap form between the top brass and the rank and file? So in part, that division is created essentially by the priorities that the military overall has. What the military's job is, it's first to be ready for combat. The Secretary of the Navy, the Defense Secretary, they have to worry about threats and how they would respond to them. Whereas the captain's immediate view is that he is worried about the health of his crew. But there's another important factor in all this, and that's President Trump. Hmm. For these civilian leaders back in Washington at the Defense Department and the Navy, they're worried of how President Trump is going to view this. And they've got good reason to worry. Now, President Trump has ignored advice from his military and absolved three U.S. service members accused of war crimes. Mr. Trump, pardon me. The president has actively meddled in criminal investigations in the military. The president also pardoned. Has intervened on the behalf of accused war criminals. Who was charged with the murder of an Afghan bomb maker. And overturned their punishments repeatedly. And Mr. Trump reinstated Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher to the rank of chief petty officer after he was convicted of posing with the corpse of an ISIS detainee. In fact, the last Navy secretary was fired. The Navy secretary is out asked to resign over his handling of disgraced Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Richard Spencer... In trying to deal with one of these interventions that the president did. And so the president has gotten into the heads of civilian leaders, including the Navy. So what Mr. Modley said, in fact, was he worried that the president, seeing what had happened about this letter being released, the president would intervene and order the captain to be dismissed before the Navy could even act on it. Hmm. And that would be further embarrassment to the Navy. Mr. Modley was basically trying to preempt the president from doing what he feared he might do. So what happens after the Navy secretary, possibly preempting the president, fires Crozier? So on Monday, Mr. Modley, trying to tamp down the furor of his dismissal of the captain, flew 8,000 miles to Guam to address the crew. The American people believe in you. They think Aboard the ship, the world, he gets on the intercom system and, like and in a 15-minute obscenity-laced tirade. Everyone's scared about this thing. But I tell you something, if this ship was in combat and there were hypersonic missiles coming at it, you'd be pretty fucking scared too. But you do your jobs. Criticizes Captain Crozier think that information was to, was going to get out into the public in this information age that we live in then he was a too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this what the fuck? The and then he rebukes the crew so think about that when you cheer the man off the ship for cheering this guy and let me say one other thing everything i'm telling you guys right now i will never ever ever throw you guys under the bus in Washington or anywhere else, in the media, anywhere else. He tells them how much he respects them and will never throw them under the bus. And then finally he says, There is never a situation where you should consider the media a part of your chain of command. You can jump Under no conditions and in no situation 
should you go to the media with your complaints? Because the media has an agenda. And the agenda that they have depends on which side... And of course, the irony is that the audio of Mr. Modley's speech was almost immediately leaked to the media, which is why you can hear it now. They use it to embarrass the Navy. (laughs) They use it to embarrass you. And this did not go over well. You had a number of retired Navy officers, lawmakers, reacting, outraged that he would not just criticize the captain, which he'd already done, but criticize the crew. Mm -hmm. This was just too much. And by Monday night... Please follow up on what you said with regard to uh, Captain Crozier before you said yes. you did. The president is asked about it. He had a bad day or a bad, bad week. Would, does that but mean? But I, I don't, yeah, I wanna, I'm going to look into it. And I, I also. And also for the president, who had initially supported Captain Crozier's firing, now he seems to be having second thoughts. I think he, you know, looks to me like he's an outstanding guy. I looked, I looked at his old. Trump says maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. You know, maybe I can help the situation out. I mean, you guys are saying, why is the president getting involved? And going, well, I like to solve problems. It's a problem, you know. And so there's a hint that the president may once again intervene in this case. But not the way that the Navy secretary feared in the opposite way. That's right. And maybe reinstate the captain. That's when, shortly after that... In a letter overnight, Modley writing, I want to apologize to the Navy for... Mr. Modley issues this late-night apology. I do not think Captain Brett Crozier is naive nor stupid. He is smart and passionate. I believe precisely because he is not naive and stupid that he sent his alarming email with the intention of getting it into the public domain. And by late Tuesday afternoon, Mr. Modley resigns. And it just kind of underscores the turmoil within the ranks of the Navy right now. But it also kind of shows the turmoil within the Pentagon overall and this kind of revolving door. Because remember, Mr. Modley's an acting secretary. He replaced a guy who was fired last November. And he, in turn, will be replaced by another acting secretary. So the Navy leadership now has gone through three different secretaries in just a few Mm. short months. Eric, you've been covering this from the moment that letter became public, and you have been covering the military for years. And what do you make of this entire episode? It is extraordinary. And I think what you have here is a conflict between, in many ways, the kind of storied history of the United States military, specifically the United States Navy, with its hierarchy, its chains of commands set against a very unusual enemy, this once-in-a-century pandemic, and also a very unusual and unpredictable president. And caught in the middle of all this are the sailors, the sailors aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt, with pandemic spreading through their ranks, even as they sit on the docks in Guam. And it's those sailors who are kind of looking both to their captain, their now departed captain, and to Washington for some help. How do we get out of this? And how do we get back to our mission safely? What's the answer? I mean, what has happened to these 5,000 sailors on the USS Roosevelt? Well, roughly half of the sailors have come off the ship. Some are in quarters on the naval base in Guam. Some have been put up in private hotels. There are more than 150 cases of 
sailors who've tested positive. So this process will go on for no doubt weeks until the crew is healthy enough and the ship is clean enough again for the crew to get back on and go on its way and continue its mission. Eric, it sounds like Captain Crozier pretty much got what he asked for. The military is more or less emptying this ship and putting people in quarantine, right? I think you're right. And most important, he got the Navy to focus its attention even more on these sailors, which is what he wanted all along. What do you expect is going to happen to Captain Crozier? Well, Captain Crozier right now is in quarantine in Guam. He actually tested positive for coronavirus himself. So he is waiting. Friends say he's doing okay right now. But otherwise, the Navy has said he would be reassigned to his desk job in San Diego. But with all the twists and turns of the last few days, the man who fired Crozier has now been fired himself. And there's talk that Captain Crozier could possibly be reinstated. There's a petition going online with more than 250,000 signatures demanding that he be reinstated. So the fate of Captain Crozier is still to be decided. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Michael. We'll be right back. The FX original documentary Pride is a six-part series from Emmy Award-winning Killer Films and Grand Jury Prize-winning Vice Studios. Six renowned LGBTQ plus directors explore heroic and heartbreaking stories that define us as a nation, chronicling the struggle for LGBTQ plus civil rights in America from the 1950s through the 2000s. FX's Pride is a special two-week event starting Friday, May 14th on FX. Streaming next day FX on Hulu. Here's what else you need to know today. China has ended its lockdown of Wuhan, the city where the coronavirus epidemic began, allowing residents to travel in and out of the city for the first time in 76 days. The news was greeted with chants and singing in Wuhan, where 50,000 people were infected with the virus and more than 2,500 died from it. And on Tuesday, President Trump removed the federal official overseeing how trillions of taxpayer dollars from the coronavirus stimulus package are spent by his administration. Listen, is this a, a wise move? I mean, is shouldn't somebody be watching over this? Yes, and the president thinks he should be the one, and that's exactly upside down. The stimulus bill specifically required such oversight, prompting Democrats, including House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on CNN, to immediately denounce the president's move. The president sending in some of his loyalists 
So this is a, really a problem. Finally, thousands of Wisconsin voters headed to the polls on Tuesday at the height of the pandemic after Republican lawmakers blocked an attempt by the state's Democratic governor to postpone the election. This is so wrong. This is just so wrong. This, this election should have been called off. Many voters expressed fury over the situation, saying that they should not have to choose between their health and their right to vote. You know, they're telling us to stay in the house and, you know, stand six feet from each other. But then one of the most important times, they're forcing us to come out here in a group. Stop playing politics with our lives. You know, that's what I'm feeling. The results of the election, including the presidential primary, are not expected until Monday. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.